It's Jim, it's the World of Bonds. It's Monday the 14th of November 2022. This is for professional investors only, never ever investment advice. Coming to you live and direct from Paris this evening. Uh, two big events last week in the kind of world of tech and crypto. And those were obviously the $32 billion um, bankruptcy filing of FTX, uh, the online brokerage, crypto brokerage, uh, the collapse of crypto prices that came around that Bitcoin and all the rest. And to quote Charles Court, who uh, tweeted something on Twitter, crypto has been a speed run of teaching libertarians how we got all our banking regulations. Yeah. And Twitter was brilliant last week too. That was the other big event. Elon Musk having taken control of the infrastructure and people, uh, then fired half of them, hired a load of them back. Uh, But he's finding out the hard way that he's kind of bought a private members club where everyone hates him. Um, He allowed people in week one to buy themselves the famous verification blue tick for $8 a month. Actually, these are white ticks on a blue background, but let's not nitpick. Um, and a lot of people did. And uh, so as a result of that, we saw uh, pharmaceutical company Eli Lilly um, announce that insulin would be given away for free. Lockheed Martin announced that it would end arms sales to a number of places. And a huge number of Elon Musk's also appeared, all fake, of course. Um, some of those fake announcements actually move markets by billions of dollars um so anyway it uh it's it's a bit of a a last days of uh i don't know rome or something like that going on on twitter it's it's been huge amount of fun lots going on in tech though and it feels like things are busting somewhat and advertising revenues not just because what's going on twitter are falling across the piece That's leading to quite a large number of job losses in the tech sector. We saw Meta and others um, announce significant tens of thousands of of job cuts in in tech. So that was the kind of sideshow of technology and Bitcoins and stuff like that. In In the real world, the thing that we bond market people really care about, it was all about the US inflation number that came out last week. And today it's all about Fed member Brainard, who was very, very dubbish. Um, She's talk about uh, the appropriate hiking pace for the Fed being lower than people are kind of anticipating. So pointing to perhaps a 50 basis point increase in Fed funds rate each meeting rather than the 75 that we've been enjoying, inverted commas, lately. And the driver for this change of heart from the Fed, if, if indeed that's what they do do, has been the US inflation number last week, as we said. In particular, it was the big decline in prices, so no longer inflating, but decline month on month in core goods prices. So those prices fell by 0.4% month on month. So year on year, the headline is still scary, 7.7% down from 8.2%, but deterioration in the month on month numbers suggests that um, that, that maybe the, the monetary tightening cycle is having an impact and indeed the inflation itself is having an impact on people's ability to spend and invest and so forth. So on the back of those numbers last week and the inflation point of view, we saw a huge rally in short-dated bonds everywhere around the world as people rushed to take out um, expectations for tightening um, and a kind of thinking, is this it? Is this the inflection point, the end of this inflationary cycle? Is this the place where the Federal Reserve starts to pivot to becoming more dovish? 
And certainly if you looked at the immediate price action in bond markets, we saw 30 basis points off five-year US Treasuries. Even 10-year gilt yields were down 20 basis points in the day. And two-year US Treasury bond yields fell, had their biggest fall really since 2008 in the GFC. That doesn't mean to say that inflation disappeared, of course. Um, if you look at core services, they're still inflating. There's still upward pressure on US rents and energy and petrol prices and stuff like that. But there are signs of slowdown pretty much everywhere you looked in the inflation numbers. And with those rate hike expectations down, uh, the dollar weakened substantially. So looking against sterling, it was 3% down nearly on the day. And it had already seen some slight weakening. So if you looked at dollar-yen that had fallen from a high of 150, it's now down at 140. And the euro rose by about 4% on the week against the US dollar. So a broad-based significant fall in the dollar last week. Credit is on fire. Equities obviously had a fantastic day. But just thinking about corporate bonds, the crossover was 37 basis points tighter on the day. And if you look at investment grade corporates, they were 5 to 20 tighter too. Having said all of that, um, there has been a bit of pushback on that immediate one day reaction in interest rate expectations. So if I look at June 2023, um, the, the high expectation for Fed funds um, that we've seen a couple of weeks ago was 5.15%. We're now down at 4.93. So we've barely taken out one rate hike, but still there is a change of mood. So as I'm in Paris, um, a stone's throw from the Champs-Élysées, um, I still love the fact that no car insurance cover will cover you as a French driver for going round the Champs-Élysées. It's just regarded, the Arc de Triomphe rather, at the top of the Champs-Élysées. That roundabout's regarded as too dangerous to insure anyone against. And don't write in and tell me if that's untrue. I just like it as a fact. Let's talk anyway as we're in Paris about the ECB and the Eurozone because, um, you know, it has been neglected somewhat in terms of uh, certainly these podcasts um, in the fact that we've had lots going on in the gilt market and we've had lots going on with the US inflation outlook. Of course, Eurozone inflation has gone up uh, by similar amounts in some areas as uh, US inflation. Um, but I think the one big difference is that we almost have a recession nailed on for the Eurozone for reasons we've talked about ad nauseum, the war in Ukraine, the impact of that on natural gas prices. Um, and it looks like Germany will lead the Eurozone into a, a winter recession. So looking at some forecasts for growth next year for the Eurozone. And um, I think Morgan Stanley have uh, Germany at minus 0.7 for the year as a whole, France at zero. I think Benelux um, pretty weak, but some growth in places like Ireland, Spain, um, offsetting to some extent that German weakness. Um, but, you know, Germany remains likely to lead the Eurozone into that winter recession. The UK is already in recession, almost certainly. And so um, the expectations that people had of a whole string of 75 basis point ECB hikes following the one we had at the last meeting looks unlikely. Um, Again, from Morgan Stanley, look at their forecast. They're going for 50 basis points in December. And then after that, another slowing of the pace of hikes to 
to end up with just two times 25 basis point um, hikes. That would peak at 2.5%. And as I say, Morgan Stanley perhaps a bit more bearish on the Eurozone than other areas because the market on the same basis that we looked at, if you've got a Bloomberg in front of you, type in WIRP and you can see where uh, bond markets and money markets think rates are going for the Eurozone, UK, US, etc. But money markets think that Eurozone rates peak out at 3%. Um, okay, so Morgan Stanley, they were saying that we are going to get rate cuts in 2024, 50 from the ECB, 150 from the Bank of England. And talking of the Bank of England to end up, we, we saw Michael Saunders on Bloomberg TV today. Um, he's now left the bank. He was a member of the Monetary Policy Committee, but an influential member of the MPC. He just basically went on a tirade about how much damage Brexit had done to the UK and that some of this damage is going to be permanent and effectively irreversible. Um, so well worth reading that or, or looking it up on the internet. It will be around. Have great weeks. Speak to you soon. Bye.